And hello everyone and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Big Batista along with Nathan Jones and we are transmitting live from our station. So we thank you all for tuning in for today's program as we're going to continue to look at this incredible book of Lamentations. And of course, we want those of you that are watching us live via social media to also make sure that you share with your friends our program and be part of it by posting your questions or your comments for us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. And I hope we have Nathan Jones on the line. Sometimes we have a little bit of a technical uh, glitch, so we'll make sure that Nathan Jones, if you can open us up with a word of prayer, we apologize for that glitch. And doing, um, well, it does appear that we're having a little bit of a technical glitch. So Nathan Jones, I hope that I didn't, um, Hello? Nathan Jones. Hey, I'm sorry. We have a little technical issue on our end, but uh, here I am. That is fantastic. And of course, our viewers and our listeners are already live. So if you can open us up with a word of prayer, that would be fantastic. Well, let's do it. Lord, we thank you so much for the blessing of this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for Lamentations, Lord. A very difficult book, but one book, Lord, where it really shows us your heart when we uh, sin against you. So help us, Lord, to know you better. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuning into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. As we're talking about the prophetic book, check this out, of Lamentations. So for those of you that are watching us and tuning in live, remember today's program is brought to you by Calvary Aventura, Calvary Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information by giving us a call at 305-992-9537. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, great to be on, brother. Another uh, sunny day and uh, summertime. Getting excited about what we're going to study today. Absolutely. So, of course, Nathan, we're very excited uh, because you guys blessed us this weekend uh, with an incredible, incredible conference. And you told me that it was just a really, really well turnout. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and also your contact information and how people... Can maybe get a hold of that conference? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm so glad you were blessed, and I sure appreciate Robert <laughs> Chapel Aventura hosting our conference. Uh, of course, we had it live here in the Dallas area. It's the Living with Hope in the End Times, and our founder and director, Dr. Reagan, wanted to give people hope in these difficult times. So we have an annual conference, and this year's conference was in the Dallas area, but we streamed it all over the world. So I appreciate, man, that your church was able to stream it via. Uh, satellite of the camp uh, of the conference folks can check it out we're going to keep it in the archives at the end of july 2017 and you can check it out on lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org right on the home page we have a button there where you can watch the archives and so we invite you we have great speakers we have dr tommy ice uh, dr andy woods evangelist don perkins pastor glenn meredith and of course our own founder director dr david reagan yeah Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Nathan. So listen, for those of you that are watching and tuning in, check out the conference. That's, that's why we love technology, right, Nathan? That we can upload things and uh, people can check it out. I love technology when it works. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for sharing that. When it works. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we live in a wonderful time, don't we, where we can connect with people all over yeah. the world. But man, it's yeah. like a house of cards. You take one piece out, the whole thing falls apart. That, that, that's what I'm saying. So we apologize for viewers and listeners, but you guys are used to that. I'm sure technology in every aspect, Nathan, uh, we always have a few glitches, but I'm glad that we are on the air. Uh, so Nathan, any new upcoming events with you guys there at the ministry? Well, we're just coming down from a conference, but we'll be holding our regional conference mid-October okay. in Kentucky, and folks can find that out on our website, landline.com or christandprophecy.org. Uh, just uh, click events, and we've got all sorts of different events coming up where we're speaking in different areas. So if you're listening in and you happen to be in one of those areas that yeah. we'll be visiting, we yeah. hope you can attend. I know uh, we're going to be quite a number of conferences, both Dr. Reagan and myself, around the country. So check us out. Or if you want to watch our television program, Christ and Prophecy, you can do that from our website as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Exciting. Very exciting. Again, we want you guys watching and listening to become good students of the Word of God. And these are incredible resources that this ministry puts forth and excellent, excellent content. Uh, so Nathan, um, you also put uh, your small inboxes. Nathan, you working on any new ones yet? Because you always have some incredible ideas. Yeah, actually today we're finalizing really? the 14th inbox. Uh, for those who don't know, the inbox is a short video series that answers questions related to Bible prophecy. We try to educate, entertain, and enlighten all three E's at the same time. And the one we're working on right now, the 14th one is, should Bible prophecy be interpreted literally or symbolically? Mm. And we've kind of got one of those um, med medical themed uh, commercials in it. You know how you watch it and they give you all the medicine and how to cure things, but it spends like the next hour explaining all the side effects. We're doing kind of that theme. Oh, that is fantastic. Hey, well, Nathan, in these days, I tell you, uh, there is a lot of competition in a sense out there. People are always in their mobile devices watching stuff and listening to stuff and their attention span has also shortened a little bit. And that's why you make them short, right, Nathan? Yeah, uh, the typical video on YouTube is anywhere between two and seven minutes. If two it's uh, longer than that, usually uh, most people won't invest the time because they like to skip from one little video to the next. So we try to keep it yeah. around the five to six minute range for our videos. And that's been a successful formula for us. Absolutely. That is, uh, that is amazing. So thank you for sharing that. And again, mm -hmm. those of you that are watching and listening, take advantage of those wonderful resources. And of course, Nathan and I, we have been talking about a book that is oftentimes ignored, uh, overlooked, maybe not paid much attention to, and it has to do with the book of Lamentation. And we hope those of you that are watching and listening would have a different understanding and have a different feel now for the book of Lamentation once we make our way through it. We find ourselves in Lamentations chapter 1. In our last program, we stopped in verse 9. 19, excuse me. So for those of you that are watching, hey, if you have one of these handy, those of you that are watching us live, it's called a Bible. Find yours, get it ready, and join us as we dive into this incredible book of Lamentation. And Nathan, Lamentation is very prophetic, right? There's a book of Lamentations in the Bible. <laughs> there actually is, Nathan. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, it's good to know. All the 66 books of the Bible, there's one called Lamentation. Man, for years, I... When I had to memorize the 66 books of the Bible for Bible uh, school, I went to Bible there college. I, I always forgot <laughs> lamentations. And it's kind of it's in there in the, in the major prophets section. That's yeah. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. But it's easy to forget that Jeremiah wrote two books: Jeremiah and Lamentations. Yeah. And so often people forget that Lamentations is even in the Bible. That it was written by Jeremiah, yeah. and especially that it's a prophetic book. 
Excellent point. And Nathan, you and I kid around a lot, but it's true. Sometimes people treat certain books of the Bible like they're not important. Sometimes people don't even want to read them because they're like, well, what, what, what's the use? I'll stick to the New Testament. What does the Old Testament have for me? But as we've been noticing, there's a lot to uncover there, right, Nathan? Oh, certainly there is. Lamentations is chock full of fascinating prophecy, particularly because the book of Lamentations fulfills a prophecy that was 900 years old. Back to Moses in Deuteronomy 28, where his last message to the Jewish people before they entered the promised land was, if you obey the Lord, you will be blessed, but if you disobey the Lord, you will be cursed. And then he listed what the curses were. The curses would be that the, the land would not produce crops, that they'd right. be attacked by foreign neighbors, uh, that their uh, youth would grow wild. I mean, again, there was all these different social and political problems that the people would have if they did not follow God's moral law, until eventually they'd be exiled out of the land. And that's where we're at now. 900 years after Moses, God gave year after year after year, century after century, of chances for the Jewish people to repent and return to him. Sometimes they did, most of the time they didn't. And the end result was that in 582, uh, 586, the Babylonians came in from the north in what is today Iraq, they took the Jewish people out of the land. They spread them all over the Babylonian Empire. They left the land desolate, and there it sat desolate. And that's where Jeremiah sees the last prophet, very last one, before the Jews are exiled. You read through Jeremiah. He is actually there <clears throat> when the Babylonians are attacking. He's there when the people are exiled. Right. And now he's sitting in the dust, in the ashes of what was God's promised land, now reduced to peasants living yeah. there, and the place is smoldering, the crops are destroyed, the land is destroyed, and he's crying, he's lamenting over the folly of the, of the Jewish people. You know, Nathan, I'm so glad that you're bringing out that insight so those people that are watching and listening can have a little bit of an understanding uh, what's going on. So as we dive in, Nate, uh, definitely take us through those following verses, and hopefully those of you that are watching and listening, again, I want to encourage you, grab your Bibles and uh, join us as we look at this incredible prophetic book of the book of Lamentation and how applicable it can be for our lives today. Thank you, Nathan. Sure. Well, let's pick up with uh, verse 20 of chapter 1. And it reads, Feel, Lord, that I am in distress. My soul is troubled. My heart is overturned within me. For I have been very rebellious. Outside the sword bereaves at home, it is like death. They have heard that I sigh but no one comforts me. All my enemies have heard of my trouble. They are glad that you have done it. Bring on the day you have announced that they may become like me. Let all their wickedness come before you and do to them as you have done to me for all my transgressions, for my sighs are many and my heart is faint. Wow. Well, Nathan, what, what an incredible, um, in a sense, lamentation uh, this is. But... Again, uh, as we look at the reason why they've gotten into this situation, Nathan, back in history, we realized they, in a sense, were not doing what they were supposed to. They had turned their backs on God, and in a sense, they, they're putting themselves in this predicament. They did. They did. Uh, again and again, God has given them the law. They had the temple. They yeah. had the prophets. And the Jewish people knew to follow Jesus. Uh, excuse me, knew to follow God in his moral law. And... They knew to wait the Messiah, Jesus, coming. But instead, they continually ran after 
the foreign nation's gods. They rejected Jehovah God and instead turned to Baal and Molech and Ashtoreth. And they, as many of the prophets compared to, they prostituted themselves with pagan gods. And the pagan gods are demons. they, They gave up God and they followed demons because these demons would allow them to do whatever they wanted. They didn't have to... Uh, live holy lives, you know, they they could go and commit adultery and fornication, they could kill their neighbor, they could rob, you know, they could live with any way they like, and it's really no different than today, as we see America turning away from our moral values, the Judeo-Christian values, mm-hmm. and instead turning to uh, freedom of everything, freedom of uh, from morality to do whatever immoral thing that comes to mind, and no culture can live like that, no society can exist like that. God eventually steps in and he brings discipline, and that's exactly what he's done during Jeremiah's time. Now, when we read through these verses, it sounds like Jeremiah is talking about himself, like he's the rebellious one, but he's actually speaking for the Jewish people. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, and, and you know, I like verse 20 because it, I see more like a confession there in admitting of what's wrong because it says, See, O Lord, uh, I am in distress. For my soul is troubled, my heart is overturned with me, for I have been very rebellious outside the soul. And I, I like the, the eyes in there, because someone who recognizes what they've done wrong, they're willing to take responsibility and not to blame somebody else, right, Nate? Yeah, it's the first step towards repentance and salvation. Yeah. It's, a, it's a humble and contrite heart. And it's the beginning of the mindset that brings us back to repentance. And unfortunately, the Jewish people refuse to do it. So here's Jeremiah, pretty much the only person, maybe him and his uh, scribe, are the only two people who are still following God. Mm-hmm. And so with nobody there to repent, Jeremiah takes it upon himself to repent for Israel, and he speaks first person as Israel, and he begins with repentance, admitting that he rebelled against God. And that, man, is the very yeah. first step we should take when we personally need to repent of our sins and accept Jesus as our Savior. Mm, excellent point. Yes, and I think that's why for those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, again, when you look at the book of Lamentation, make it personal. There might be some things in your own personal life that you've come to recognize. You messed up. You made a mistake. Well, you know what? You don't have to, turn, you don't have to run from your problems. Face them. Come to the Lord. The Bible promises in 1 John 1 that if we confess our sins, God is faithful to to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Nathan, I love that all, right? Not just some sins, but all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we wouldn't be holy and pure before the Father if we, there were just some of our sins were yeah. forgiven. Jesus had to forgive all our sins. You know, everything from the smallest white lie to mass murder. I mean, even Hitler, if he confessed and asked Jesus to be his Savior... Yeah would have been repented, would have been saved. I mean, salvation is offered to everybody. The Jewish people, they are a living example of what happens when you turn against God, when you you reject God, you rebel against God, and you live immorally. And God spat them out. He he exiled them. For 70 years, the Jewish people were exiled out of the land. And that's what happens to us. We we are exiled out of God's presence when we harden our hearts and reject God. And we've got to be real careful that we don't do like Israel did and reject God by, and harden our hearts so that we don't even listen to his word, his prophets, his Bible anymore. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, also, as we get into chapter 2, I mean, chapter 1, and of course, you and I are not rushing through it because there's certain things I believe that are applicable for today. 
but over and over again we just see different different tidbits in there to encourage and to inspire but also to bring about truth and as we get into chapter two again for those of you that just tuned in you tuned into the truth will set you free bible prophecy tv radio edition with big batista and nathan jones and we're in the book of lamentations so follow along with us thank you nathan if you could take us to the chapter two that would be fantastic it's sure hard to go verse by verse through the Bible and speed through it, isn't it? I think that's the best way to study the Bible. Verse, let the Bible talk for itself. And uh, yeah, so picking up on chapter two, uh, let's do at least begin with the first two verses. And it goes, "How the Lord has covered the daughter of Zion with the cloud of His anger! He has hurled down the splendor of Israel from heaven to earth. He has not remembered His footstool in the day of His anger. Without pity." The Lord has swallowed up all the dwellings of Jacob. In his wrath, he has torn down the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He has brought her kingdom and its princes down to the ground in dishonor. Mm. And Nathan, we, we find here, it's not just certain people here. We, we look at all the tribes of Israel. We look at all of God's people. And in a sense, uh, they're all included in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of a continuing theme from the last chapter. Now, what identifies chapter 1 from chapter 2, or differentiate, excuse me, is that chapter 1 is first-person Israel talking. Mm -hmm. But when we get to chapter 2, it's more like first-person God talking. So we yeah. get Israel's point of view in chapter 1. Now we're getting God's point of view in chapter 2. It'll lead us up to 3. If I can use a, a theological term, a chiasm. In other words, all five chapters, they point back to mm -hmm. chapter 3 because they're parallels, uh, 2 and Four parallels and one in five parallels. So we start with the Jewish people, we get to God, we get to the main point, chapter three, chapter four is God again, and then chapter five back to the people. A chiasm, that's your theological term for today. I love it, Nathan. And hey, th that's what we're here. We want to be students of the Word of God and we want to learn what the Bible has to say because the Bible also is, it, it also speaks in poetry sometimes, right, Nathan? Like when you go through the Psalms as well. And uh, we see these wonderful tidbits in their grouping of verses together. Well, it's amazing. We, we read the Bible for its face value, but really, especially when you look at chiastic structures, as they're called, they're all throughout the Bible. And it really shows the mind of God. It shows yes. the Holy Spirit working, inspiring the authors, because there is a structure in the Bible that seems to be throughout. So even though the Bible is written by 40 to 43 different authors, each one seemed to follow, even though it's their own style, a bigger mental picture, uh, the, the, the print of God, you could almost say, the imprint of God, through chiastic structures and other literary devices that are resplendent throughout the Bible. And Nathan, I, I love that because when, when we look at these, um, of course the Bible was written uh, in the Hebrew there, of course it was translated into Greek and, and, and various other languages, but when, even in the original language, there's just a, a lot of wonderful things that, that we... Um, when we highlight here, it really makes a lot of sense. Another thing we want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening, make sure you get a wonderful library of study materials, a, a, a Bible dictionary, a concordance, uh, a Hebrew lexicon, and all these tools, right, Nathan? They also help expand these scriptures. They do. Yeah, I mean, it's very important when you study your Bible. I mean, don't rely totally on, on the writings of men, obviously. Let the Bible speak yes, for itself. Yes, good but point. I think you're, you're shortchanging yourself, too, by not leaning on people who've devoted decades of study in right. the Bible to read the commentaries, the, the books about it, the, uh, 
many different study materials exist out there to help people understand the Bible better. And those are good resources while you're studying to also pick up a concordance or a lexicon or one of those things that, to help you understand the text better. And Nick, you made a good point. Dr. Reagan, he was honoring one of the speakers because he's been teaching the Bible for something like 70 years, right? And these are the people that have devoted their lives to opening the scriptures for us. Right. Uh, Jimmy Phillips. Uh, I got to sit with him at our banquet. Uh, wonderful Amazing. man. Very humble in the Lord. He's spoken in more than 50 countries around wow. the world. He's been teaching Bible prophecy for 70 years. Obviously, wow. he's you know, 90-some. And uh, he knows the Bible top and bottom. So who would want to read what he has to say exactly. about a particular passage? Now, again, the Bible is the authority, and that's the source we go to primarily, yeah. but it doesn't hurt to read these other things. I think a lot of people send us questions into the ministry, which I think if they just picked up a lexicon right. or a commentary, they would have got their answers. So mm -hmm. it's a good, good way in your Bible study practice to pick up something to help you understand things. And so like I've done, uh, I love the Bible knowledge commentary. I read that along with my study. I've had it for 20 years. Excellent. I've Bible college. It cost me a fortune, Bible college, but I'm still doing it. And it, it, it opens up these passages to understand better. Now, I'm not a Greek or a Hebrew scholar, and most people aren't, but boy, if you know Hebrew or Greek, you have even more insight. That's right. There's a lot lost in the translation to English. Uh, the words don't have their richness and depth of meaning in the original Greek and Hebrew once it's in English. So we lose something in the translation there. Mm -hmm. And Nathan, that's why I want to encourage those who are watching and listening, especially with a book like Lamentation, it doesn't hurt to also dig into it a little deeper as uh, Nathan is giving us some incredible theological terms. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> chiastic structure. There you go. Take that to the bank. And start saying, hey, do you know about the chiastic structure of the Bible? And they'll just think you're so smart. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, Nate, if you could take us through, uh, I know time goes quickly, but I, I want to hit a few other wonderful points here in chapter two. I think this is fantastic. Right. Well, bear in mind now that that God has judged Israel by using more evil people. And that's strange that God would use the evil uh, Assyrians, the evil right. Babylonians, and uh, to punish Israel. And that's how God works. Of course, eventually those who punish Israel, they get punished themselves. But uh, I, uh, Jeremiah here wants punishment to be on the evil neighbors that surround them. The Edomites, you know, we read about that in uh, the Minor Prophets, how right. there was prophecies against the Edomites actually sat and watched the Babylonians conquer Judah and laughed and actually helped us. So Jeremiah here is wanting judgment upon God's enemies. Which is, if you're going to judge us, then you need to judge our hostile enemies around us too. That's right. Similar today, we hear people always calling, well, America needs to be judged for its sins. And I believe that God is using the horrors of Islam and mm. terrorism as a punishment to, to try to bring the country back. But bear in mind, too, that they, too, will then face God's judgment. That's right. You know, Nathan, that's, yes, very good point. God doesn't want his people to be mocked. Like all of us, we make mistakes, we get disciplined. Uh, but, of course, that only lasts for a time period. And that's exactly, that's a very good point that you use. And people need to recognize the process that God brings his people through to be able to restore them, in a sense, because God's plan for the Jewish people is still in full effect today. Right, Nate? Yeah, then we go from the national level, where God is nationally judging a nation, down yeah. to the personal, where God will yeah. bring troubles and tribulations, allow them to happen yes. in your life, so that you turn to Him in repentance and depend on Him. So it goes all the way from the 30,000-foot view down to our own personal ground-level mm -hmm. view. And that's, that's what uh, Jeremiah is doing in verse 2. He's pointing out 
from God's perspective that the Lord was even willing to destroy the land that held his name. We call the daughter of Judah, his own kingdom, his own princes, because they they brought disgrace upon his name. They dishonored the Mosaic law. They dishonored God's moral law. And God's willing even to tear down his own house in order to purify it and rebuild it again. Excellent point. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, those two uh, verses in uh, which of the other sections that tie in, Nate, verse 1 and 2, and now you're going to take us through a few more of the chiastic. <laughs> yeah, let's do that, 3 and 4. In fierce anger, he, God, has cut off every horn of Israel. He has withdrawn his right hand at the approach of the enemy. He has burned in Jacob like a flaming fire that consumes mm. everything around it. Like an enemy, he has strung his bow. His right hand is ready like a foe. He has slain all who were pleasing to the eye. He has poured out his wrath like fire on the tent of the daughter of Zion. Woo. Now, Nathan, uh, this is uh, the, the term Zion uh, there. Can you talk to us a little bit about this? Because we have different Zionist movement, and maybe some people are you know, not familiar with this. Well, Zion is the name of one of the mountains in Israel, one of the seven mountains in Israel. When they say mountains, I say them loosely. They're more like hills yeah. because of their elevation. They're considered mountains. You've seen them. You know, Mount Zion isn't you know terribly impressive in size, but Jerusalem was also called Zion. And even today, when people say Zionist, they're talking about uh, Israel. They're talking about Jerusalem. So Zion is, is a word that is synonymous with Israel, particularly Jerusalem itself. Mm. And daughter of Zion tends to mean the Jewish people. That's so here. Uh, you can picture Jesus like he did when he was chasing the money changers out of the temple. Right. Here the Father is. He's tearing through Israel. It, it's, it's corrupt. Uh, it worships idols. It, it's like a whole nation was like a money changer. And so here God is showing the power of Israel being destroyed. Like an animal where it's you know, a difficult, uh, scary, like a bull having horns cut off. Here mm -hmm. Israel is compared also to an animal whose horns are cut. It no longer has any offensive or defensive weapon that's totally reduced to to weakness. And here, that's what's happening here. Uh, Jacob is burning like a fire. Its horns are cut off like a foe is slain. Uh, daughter of Zion, we got all this imagery here of every type of comparison that Israel has been made to animals, people, lands, whatnot. It's all destroyed. Jeremiah pulls it. every different <laughs> reference to, to Jerusalem out and, and just basically there's nothing left. In God's anger, it's all been burned up. Wow. And you know, Nathan, and that's why we look at the scriptures. It says he has poured out uh, his fury uh, like fire. And we're going to see the full extent of that, right, Nathan, in the book of, uh, in the time of the tribulation. Well, we see the wrath of God, right? Boy, uh, you know, if you don't learn history, you're doomed to repeat it, right? And when you look at the Bible, and a lot of people discount the Old Testament. Oh, God's always mad in the Old Testament. Well, you have every reason to be mad. <laughs> people constantly were rebelling against yeah. him. They constantly live a moral life. They hurt themselves. They hurt other people. And a time of judgment came. Likewise, in the New Testament, even though we live in a time of grace, there is many prophecies about a tribulation time period. That's right. That time period where God is going to pour his wrath out upon the world for our sins. And man, you only have to turn on the news to see how dark and evil the Absolutely. world is getting. There's a limit to that. It can't keep getting darker and more evil. God stops it at a point, and he stops at a point when the world becomes like the times of Noah, like the times of Lot. And what does define the times of Noah and the times of Lot? Rampant homosexuality, right. murder, theft, and sorcery. And that's the defining characteristics 
of the tribulation time period. And brother, those have become the defining characteristics of our society today. Absolutely. And that's why... For those of you that are watching and listening, listen, we want to leave you with good news. We don't want you thinking of yeah. the, the wrath of God on us, but we have to talk about this, uh, right, Nate? I mean, the reality is also Dr. Reagan uh, in, in the conference, I know he brought up out a, 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 an important message. And sometimes, right, Nate, people have to kind of be shaken up a little bit. And, of course, it's not always gloom and doom, but there is a seriousness to our relationship with God. And the Lord is going to come back. He's going to judge the wicked. And if you haven't uh, turned to Christ, uh, that's what awaits you. And that's why if you're listening to this program, watching it right now, there's an opportunity for you to repent and turn to Christ right now if you don't have a relationship with Him. And every time we close a program, Nate or I will give an invitation for you to come to Christ in a, in a very simple manner. Uh, Nate, will you be able to maybe talk to that person on the other side how they can start a relationship even right now? Well, as Dr. Reagan, our founder and director here at Lane and Lane Ministries, likes to say, when Jesus returns, will he be your blessed hope or your holy terror? Mm. If you have rejected yeah. Jesus, if you have not accepted his lifeline of salvation, then you will face the wrath of God, just like the uh, Judah, uh, Israelites and the Judahites faced when the Babylonians and the Assyrians came in and destroyed them, per God allowing it. Mm. God will come in wrath and anger again. And so how will you stand before the Lord? Right. Now, he's your blessed hope. If you've accepted his salvation, you're saved from your sins. And you could do that by having a humble and contrite heart, by praying like Jeremiah did and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my savior. Mm. When you recognize you're a sinner and in need of repentance, the Lord honors that. When you ask him to be your savior, he will take your sins away. He will be washed clean. And Jesus had paid all that on the cross. And when we accept that, you too can be saved. Woo. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And it is that simple. And maybe you've trusted Christ from wherever you are. Give us a call, 305-992-9537, so that we can celebrate with you uh, that wonderful decision. And that's what we're here for. We're here to minister to you, Nathan Jones and myself. And even if we're off the air, you can still get a hold of us. Or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. And we also hope that this week you take some time to... Make it through Lamentation. It's a wonderful book. Nathan Jones, our time flies, but thank you so yeah. much for giving us those incredible keys into the following chapter. And uh, again, it's always a blessing to have you on. Blessing to be on, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nathan. And again, for those of you that are watching, of course, we ran out of time for this segment of our program, but we thank you all for tuning in to the program. And of course, uh, give us a call if you're in need of prayer, if you have a question for us. If not, we will see you next week, Lord willing. So Big Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you. You guys have a wonderful week. Thank you for uh, tuning in to our program.